Welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast, where we sit down with some of the most successful real estate agents, brokers, and team leaders to learn about their journeys in this industry. I'm your host, Art Batuzzi, and as a seasoned real estate agent of 29 years, I'm always fascinated by the stories of how others found success in this business. On this podcast, we'll be talking to our guests about the obstacles they overcame, the lessons they learned, and the tips and strategies they're using in today's ever-changing market. Whether you're a real estate agent, broker, team leader, investor, or just someone interested in real estate, you're in the right place. Our guests come from a variety of backgrounds and they all have unique insights to share. We wanna have fun with these interviews, but we also wanna make sure that you come away with actionable tips that you can implement in your own business. New episodes will be released weekly, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast. Let's get started. So good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Art Batuzzi, and I am joined today by a former student of mine, Darenika Lacey. Darenika came through our pre-licensed course a little over three years ago, and I have a very distinct memory of Darenika saying, I just need this license so I can go out there and kill it. I said, all right, let's get you that license. So Darenika passed the class, she passed the state exam, and she jumped into real estate with both feet three years ago. And I got to say, I've been watching her journey from afar. I've told her this, not like a creepy thing, but I've been watching her, um, her socials. And I've been watching what she's been doing in the business. And I can tell you that she is a shining example of what somebody getting in this business can do when they put their mind to it, when they actually take the steps to be successful. So, Darenika, welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Art. I am so excited. Such well, a excited. pleasure to for you to even think of me to be on this podcast. I feel well, great. I'm glad. You know, here's the thing is I got to tell you, it's hard not to think of you. Okay, you have made it hard for people you know not to think of you, which is a great thing in real estate. Like I said, I follow you on your different socials, you know, Facebook, Insta. And I have been just impressed with the amount of, of real estate activity you've been involved in. I've been impressed with your ability to share with your sphere of influence what you're doing, how you're doing it, and I can see, based just on the number of posts that talk about the different properties you've sold or the different people you've helped, and how excited you get when you get a clear to close. I mean, those those are my favorite posts. 
right? Those are my favorite post. <laughs> <laughs> so, Darnika, why don't you tell everybody, first of all, what's your background? How did you decide you wanted to come into real estate? Well, in 2019, I got, I found out I was pregnant with my second child. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to need some additional income. I was working for a human capital management company, ADP. Um, I was a account manager. Um, my main focus, my my background is payroll in corporate America. And I was making good money, but I was like, you know what? A second child means more expenses. I'm just going to need some additional income to get this thing rolling. So my godmother, she had took your class and she was like, well, you know, when you're on maternity leave, you should go get your real estate license. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. I'll go and get it. So once my six weeks had passed, I enrolled into your accelerated course and I just was like, okay, this doesn't seem bad. It doesn't seem too hard. Took the class and then in February of 2020, I passed my state and national exam and I joined a boutique brokerage and I've just been running ever since, literally running. <laughs> yes, you have. Absolutely. So do you still work for the the other company? No, I actually do not work for ADP. So um, I was able to get out of corporate America background setting. Um, my first year, it was very lucrative for me in real estate. I was able to purchase a mobile video game theater or game bus. Um, it's like a video game trailer on wheels in August of 2020. And I didn't get that until about June of 2021. And that was just like another tremendous success for me as well. So in addition to having a real estate business that was doing fairly well, I also have my mobile video game theater. So that has been able to um, take over that income from corporate America and make me be able to pretty much be like a stay-at-home entrepreneur type mom. Um, and do my thing with two kids. Okay, so hang on, hang on. For those of us like me who don't <laughs> know what a mobile, what is it? It's a mobile video game theater. So it's a um, 26 foot trailer. Um, it's loaded with six televisions. We have PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PS4. We have Nintendo Switches. It's like a kid's dream, guy's dream if they're gamers. Um, and we pull up to your house. We pull up to corporate events. We've done baby showers. We've done family picnics, whatever. Whatever you just want some where kids are or you just want some extra entertainment, we pull up to your front door and open our doors and we're self-powered. Um, we don't need any electricity. We have our um, own Wi-Fi on our trailer as well. And we pull up and we just let the kids come out and do their thing for about two hours or however long you choose to book us. Wow. Well, okay. So now there's something I've never heard of before. Of course, I'm not necessarily your demographic, but not something that I've heard of before. So if I heard you right, you jumped in the real estate and you did well enough in real estate early on to be able to turn around and purchase this vehicle to become your other business? Yes. That's fantastic. So you must have done pretty well early on. Yeah. 
I did. I did really well um, in 2020. In 2021, I was like, oh my God, I'm killing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's go back to when you first started. So what did you do that helped you to become successful in just starting out in real estate? So when I got licensed in February um, and I passed the exam, I signed up with a brokerage and I just started taking out like the training courses and just showing up, um, showing up, getting the knowledge, doing the different MRED trainings, learning about all the different tools that, you know, they have to offer for us as realtors, um, learning how to work the systems, thoroughly learning to talk clients through contracts, negotiate offers, because we were in a crazy market then, you know, inventory was going extremely low, learning how to become an advocate and strategize with your clients. Um, I got my first deal in April of 2020, so I was just like posting on Facebook, like, hey, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest, you know, give me a call and hosting like Facebook lives, just interviewing like lenders, home inspectors. I would interview attorneys just to come on and educate people about the process, the buying or the selling process. Um, so they kind of understand what they're getting themselves into or so that they can understand like a realtor doesn't do all of the work. It's actually like a team um, type thing. So yes, I'll help you through the initial first steps, but then, you know, we also collaborate with other partners as well, because it's a group effort to close a transaction. So really you got your first deal within the first 60 days right. of having your license, yep. right? And then, and part of the way that you promoted yourself is by doing Facebook lives and that kind of thing with other real estate professionals essentially giving information to people. Is that fair? Yep, that is true. Okay. And then by doing that, what was the benefit to you? I got clients. I My phone started ringing. People wanted to ask me questions or, you know, they'll see me and like, hey, I see that you're doing your thing on Facebook. When I'm ready to buy or sell, I'm just going to give you a call. And you went, woo, yes. Yes, it was just like a conversation starter or, you know, I would just have people call and say, you know, I'm looking to purchase, but I saw your live the other day and I think I'm almost ready. And I'll just be like, you know, even if you're not ready today, let me get you over to a lender so that we can get you ready to purchase in, you know, the next six to nine months, whenever you're ready. Um, it's not about being ready today. It's just more so about getting ready. So when you say, when you wake up and say, hey, I want to purchase a home, you already either know one, what you have to do to purchase or two, if you're ready or not. Absolutely great way to do it. How soon after you got your license did you start doing Facebook Lives and that kind of thing? Ooh, probably like a month after. I learned how to work some tools in the MLS so that I can get, gather data and be like a resource to people because people want to know like what's really going on. And as realtors, you know, although people watch the news, we have like the true data of what's going on in communities and we can relate that to the consumer. How did you think you had the ability <laughs> to start doing, you know, Facebook Lives? It was education for me as well, too. We don't know everything. Like, we're brand new. I tell people all the time, I feel like real estate school doesn't teach you how to sell real estate. It teaches you how to pass that state exam. 
And what you do afterwards is completely up to you. What I would do like before those lives when I first started, I would, you know, call the attorney like, hey, I got these questions. What does, what questions do people, you know, with their first time purchasing call and ask you so I can ask you on this live. I would collaborate with the lenders like, hey, what does the buying process looks like? You know, we talk DTI and stuff like that and front end, back end, that ratio so people can understand so that when they're coming to you, they're not like in the dark completely. Here's the thing I love is that you just did it, right? Do it. You just did it. I mean, I've had people in the business longer than you like, oh, no, I can't do that kind of stuff. I don't know, you know. I don't want to put myself out there as an expert and because what if I'm wrong? I mean, it, they they have these self-limiting beliefs about themselves. And it certainly seems that if you had those, you, you didn't have them for long because you no. went out there and you did them. No, right? I was really nervous when I used to do those lives as well. Um, so I was like, okay, once I started doing the lives and I was seeing I was getting viewers, I kind of wanted people to get to know me for like myself. Like I wanted people to see me like in a natural state, not like this is just straight business and um, come on here if you're only willing to learn. So instead of just having like a live, I took it to like a wind down Wednesday, like wine, you know, W-I-N-E. So you can hop on, like I would hop on live with the glass of wine and I would still bring these same people on, you know, and it was just like, we're just talking, just like having a conversation with a colleague and we're giving information, but we're, people are able to see like, although we're professionals, you know, we're cool. You know, I'm just like you. I like to have a glass of wine at seven o'clock when I get off work and still educate the masses as well. So that when people call you, they kind of feel like they already know you like, yeah, I've seen her. She does laugh. She's just not all you know stiff hands on the photo and wants to sell me this house <laughs> and like arms folded you know you want people to see you for you so that when they call you they feel like they have some form of relationship with you and I think that's what ultimately has helped me as well even I had a buyer call me the other day and I was like you know I'm going to get you over to my lender and he was like oh you know, this person. And I was like, yeah, he was like, I know him. I've seen him on a live. Okay. Send me the link. Let me, let me get going. So it just helps people be aware of who you're working with and what the process truly looks like. So it's not like a big surprise. So let's talk about wind down Wednesday for a moment. So if I'm hearing you right, you morphed your lives into this one time a week where yep. everybody knows that Derenique is going to be doing wind down Wednesday, right? At seven o'clock. And you do this pretty much every Wednesday? Yep. Pretty much every Wednesday at seven o'clock live on Facebook. You can come learn something. Um, like I said, I've interviewed lenders, attorneys, home inspectors, credit repair specialists, tax specialists, uh, whatever you would need help with. Um, that was a good one. The tax specialist, I brought her on around income tax season, and we talked about all the new rules and regulations, you know, just day-to-day -day stuff that people just need to be updated on. So like when they go out, they're like, oh man, I knew that. I learned that the other day. Right. Well, what's interesting is uh, I've attended one of your wind down Wednesdays. And, uh, and the reason I did is because you had a topic that I was like, hmm, geez, I don't know anything about this. And you had a couple of people on that were there to talk about a specific new program. Yep. And I got to say, I was interested enough that I was like, okay, let's see what these guys got to say. And I learned some stuff. 
I mean, again, a guy who's been in the business as long as I have, you know, you're going to continue to learn things. This, I, if you remember, I said right in our first class, you got to be a lifelong learner in this business. Oh, you and, definitely do. I mean, and I think you you make it easy, whether it's another broker or it's a real estate agent or it's the consumer. You're making it easy for them to just jump on and learn something. And because you're interviewing the expert, that credibility gets kind of handed off to you as well. Is that what you found by doing this? Yes, for sure. People, they just trust you. Like when I, when people call me, they're like, okay, I'm going to do whatever you say, do I'm going to trust the process and I want to get going. Like the trust, like from these lives is already there. They see me, they see my service partners. They know what I look like. They know that I'm, you know, I'm cool, but I'm still about my business and the trust is there. Yeah, and I also think that you said a word earlier that really is the basis for modern day real estate, which is relationships. This is a relationship business. So by people interacting with you or by watching what you do, they feel like they know you, like cool. they have this, this relationship already, right? Yep, that wall that you may have to tear down if you don't know that person and this is your first time meeting, I don't usually have that issue when people come to me or I take them out because it's like, oh, they join my lives. They know who I am and, you know, they follow me every day. Like people look to see um, what I'm doing every day on Facebook. They like that. And ultimately that has helped me build my business um, to where it is today. Okay. So let's talk about your Facebook and, and your social. So we talked about the live aspect of it. Let's talk about the fact that you post pretty regularly, don't yeah. you? Yes, now, I do. Tell us, your. do you have a plan? Do you have um, uh, something that, that you, you're, you're following for yourself? What do you use to make sure that you're consistently doing that? The real reason behind me posting every day is because technically as a realtor, you're in, you are in violation if you go into someone's home and record it, okay? How would someone know that I'm out here actively working every day if I can't show the house that I'm trying to sell to someone today? So I was like, okay, maybe if I post what I'm doing, people will understand that I am working and that my schedule is hectic. And I'm still in compliance with all the rules and regulations so that I can remain a realtor. So I just, I post those in real time, you know, what I have going on today. Um, like today I have this podcast and then I, you know, I have showings afterwards. So like, I'm going to post that I've, you know, today I did a podcast and, you know, I'm now I'm going to do showing. So just so people can see, like, real estate is real. You're negotiating contracts. You know, people offers are getting accepted. Um, people want to see, like, what you're doing. And I learned that it matters. People want to see that you're working. And how you show them is through your, your Facebook posts and, and yep. your Insta posts, that kind of thing, right? So you're intentional about this. Yes, very intentional. Okay. Doesn't it, doesn't it take a lot of your time? Mm -mm, nope. You can keep it short and sweet. 
what do you have going on today? Or, you know, if you want to say a few encouraging words um, every day, you know, like I, like today I woke up, I'm like, I don't feel like adulting, but you know, it got to get done. And what am I doing today? And then if you're looking to buy or sell real estate, you know, just give me a call. <laughs> on your posts, you always have sort of a call to action. You know, if you're looking to buy or sell, give me a call. But I don't feel when I read your posts or when I look at your posts that it's it's all about give me business, give me business. It's it's what you were saying about showing what you're doing or talking about what you're doing that that people are resonating with. Now, I'm going to tell you what my personal favorite ones are <laughs> of yours. And by the way, you know, she she's a, a great follow in terms of whether you're on Facebook or Instagram, feel free to follow Derenika. She's great. But usually on Sundays, she has what she's cooking that day. And as you can see, I'm a guy that doesn't miss many meals. Okay. <laughs> and so invariably on Sundays, I will look at the, her post will come up and I'll be like, oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Having, She's what what it you had last week? Jerk cor Cornish hens. What was it? We had jerk grilled Cornish hens, greens, mac and cheese, sweet potatoes, corn on the cob, and cornbread muffins. It's like, <laughs> oh, I I need to go, you know, and she's doing all this other stuff. And she's a mother of two. Yeah, I get up early to cook those meals too, especially like Sundays where I have to do a showing. I'll be up at like 5 a.m. cooking. <laughs> 5 a.m. on a Sunday to cook that kind of a dinner. But but again, it just shows some of the diversity that you 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 put on your post because this is on your page, right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Every and, Sunday. I mean, that's how I know it. That's how I follow what's <laughs> what's Darenika making this Sunday. And people you know? love that. I'm telling you, um, people love to see you as your authentic self. People love to see me working and they bring all of this stuff up. You know, they're just like, you just, just be you. It, yeah. You don't have to make it up. That's what you used to say in class, right? Art for the test. Yes. Don't make it up. Don't make it up. That's right. The point is, is that by you just doing these very simple posts, I mean, there you've got a couple of emojis down. I'm not an emoji guy, but okay. But I mean, it's not like you've got a picture on everyone. It's not, it's just like, what's Derenika doing now kind of stuff, right? Yes. And and then you also do get the pictures when your clients are closing, right? And you put those up there. And so how many times a day do you post? Oh, generally probably like two times it's not a lot I don't post I don't post a lot but I'm really in tune you know what I've learned too it's not about how many times you post it's when you post what time are your followers usually like watching your posts so you can get the most engagement okay so then share with us what are the, <laughs> so what are like, the times that you post so I'll post like early in the morning or like close to the afternoon. And that's when I get like the most engagement. Sometimes in the evening I'll post, but you, if you really watch my page, you'll see like um, 
weekends, I'll just post what I'm doing. But like, I don't get a lot of engagement. A lot of people watch me Monday, I will say Monday, Sunday through Friday, (laughs) Sunday through Friday, Saturday. Yep. You could tell Saturdays, a lot of people are out and, you know, running errands or doing stuff, but I can get a lot of engagement during the week. Okay. So when you say early morning, Mm -hmm. what time usually? So you got to catch people like when they're getting ready for work and maybe they want to like take a break or they're sitting on the toilet. They're like, let's scroll Facebook for a moment. <laughs> they like, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I could be late to work today or, you know, you catch them. I would say at about nine o'clock when people are at their desk and, you know, they've completed two assignments and they're like, oh, yeah, I've done enough work for today. Let me get on Facebook and see what's going on in the world, you know, or before lunch, they're like, OK, yep. My boss is on my nerve. Let me get on Facebook <laughs> to digress from here. <laughs> okay. All right. You are like a boss's nightmare. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we want you to be working. Wait, I got to check to see what Derenika made yesterday. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, <laughs> so before they go to work and then when's the next time? The afternoon? I would say about nine o'clock because they should be at work. Yeah. Um, scrolling Facebook because they, you know, they probably need a little morning break (laughs) from work. And then I would say, you know, close to the afternoon or right before lunchtime, you post a good post when people are on lunch, you'll get a lot of engagement. Okay. So tell me, what does the engagement do for you? It, my phone rings a lot. Like people want to know how can they buy a home? People want to talk to you. So with engagement, your experience has been that when people engage, they are then taking the next step to ask you for help. Correct. Okay. And do you find that that comes in the form of a DM? Does it come in the form of a phone call? How do people reach out from Facebook? Or Insta. They'll DM me, they'll message me, they'll give me a phone call, they'll text me, and I'll say, hey, yeah, I'll call you at this time. Are you going to be free? And they'll be like, yeah, sure. You know, there's a lot of people out there in our business that will say, ah, well, you know, uh, social media doesn't work. You know, nobody ever, I've never gotten any business from social media. How do you respond to those people? I will tell them, keep posting and keep going. I just told an agent this too, um, but she was like, you know, none of my business come from social media. And I was like, I beg to differ. You know, I just helped the young lady close on a home. I don't know her from the man on the moon. She found me on Facebook and she was just like, yeah, I'm going to go with you to purchase. And I see you're working every day. I see you close deals and I want you to help me. So you just have to keep going. Even though people aren't liking your post or engaging with your post, they're watching. Like, Art, you said you're a far watcher. I have another client that came to me about a month ago and she was like, I'm not your friend on Facebook. I watch you from afar, an older woman. I would say this woman is about in her 60s. We are not friends, but she was like, I love what you what you're doing, everything that you have accomplished. I'm so so proud of you and I want to work with you. She's never liked any of my Facebook statuses. She's not my friend on Instagram and she told me this, but she was just like, I knew when it came down to me ready to purchase a home, I wanted to work with you because you have 
remain consistent. So even if you're not getting the engagement at that time, you have to keep going because people are watching. I'm finding that a lot of my clients are coming from social media and they may not be my friend, um, but they are watching me. And one lady was like, I just want to see how consistent were you going to be with your own business before I worked with you? Wow. That's a powerful statement. Yep. I got to tell you, it that wouldn't have occurred to me as a guy that's been doing this as long as I have. I, it's always been deal with the person in front of you, right? But what people are doing, it seems that they are are keeping an eye on what you as a real estate broker have going on, one, to see what you have going on, two, potentially see what's going on in the market, and three, to see how you show up for your business. Yes, people are watching. Um, I know that it's hard to, you know, stay motivated, like, hey, you know, it's not working for me, but I encourage people to keep going. It definitely works. It makes a difference. And did you have um, a big base of people on either Facebook or Insta before you started in real estate? No, I thought I had friends that couldn't even afford to buy, honestly. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know anyone, you know, who can really purchase real estate, especially, you know, people around my age. But I have turned them into buyers because I have made it seem achievable for them. That's a big part of the, the sell, isn't it? Yes. And you talked about this a little earlier in terms of having the other professionals at your, you know, part of the team. And um, it seems like that's giving your people the confidence to be able to move forward with you. Is that a fair statement? Yes. And you know how I feel about this. So let me just ask this. Do you take people out who haven't, buyers out who haven't been pre-approved? I do not, no. So the first step when you call me Um, You know, I will say, hey, you know, I will ask you some qualifying questions and then say, you know, this is my preferred lender. Let me get you over. Have you been pre-approved? If they've been pre-approved, what I like to do is say, hey, send me over your pre-approval. I want to speak with your lender. I need to see where you are. Have you turned in all of your documents? You know, what does your cash to close look like? What are your immediate needs so that I can better assist you? I do all of this before I even have like my buyer's consultation because like I tell my buyers, I'm not the realtor that likes to do the hypothetical thing with you. I, I like to keep it real. Like, I need to know where you stand and how I'm going to help you when I'm writing this offer so that I'm acting in your best interest every time. And what are people's responses to you saying all that stuff? Oh, they love it. Like, oh, okay, not a problem. What do I have to do? Send me the link or I'm going to see you my pre-approval right now. Give me one moment. You know, there's some realtors go, you know, that's just so nosy. Boy, that Derenique is nosy. Do you think it's nosy? No, because you need to know like how to help your buyer. Honestly, you need to know when you're writing the offer, what that buyer immediate needs are, you know, how high can they go up? Because sometimes someone will send you a house and you're like, oh, you can't do that. The taxes are, you know, not within your budget. You know, you need to fully be able to understand 
their files so that in a way as a realtor, you're not wasting their time and you're not wasting your time either. You want to set achievable goals and let people know like, hey, this is where you are, whether they have to expand their search or they may say, hey, I'm going to see what I got to do. Like maybe I need to ask my boss for a raise or something so that, you know, my pre-approval can be increased. I, I like to do that because I just feel like I, I need to know where you are. What's going on here? So it sounds like you're very consultative. Yes. When you're when you're working with a buyer or any of your clients, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had anybody get upset with you? Have somebody say, I don't want to talk to you about this, any of that? No, Mm-mm. because I explained to them the why behind things. Like I let them know, how would you feel if I took you to see a home that I knew as a real estate broker that you couldn't afford to buy. I'm not selling a dream. I'm selling you your reality. And it's a home for every budget, honestly. I mean, you're right. There is a home for every budget, but sometimes that's an uncomfortable conversation to have, isn't it? Yep. But you know what? I think me doing the lives, me educating people, the way I say things, I come from a standpoint of, I want to help you. I want to understand this for you so that I can break it down to you in lamest terms. And buyers, they're they're just like loving it. Hey there, Real Estate Roundtable podcast listeners. I want to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, I Love Real Estate School. If you're looking to get your real estate license or fulfilling your continuing education requirements, I Love Real Estate Schools got you covered. As an Illinois licensed school, they offer the state-required broker pre-license course, managing broker pre-license courses, post-licensing courses, and continuing education. And the best part, you can take the courses either through their live stream with the live instructor or online home study. So no matter where you are, you can get the education you need to take your real estate career to the next level. I Love Real Estate School is committed to helping you succeed in the industry. That's why they offer comprehensive, high-quality education at an affordable price. So if you're ready to start your real estate journey or stay up to date with your continuing education, head on over to iloverealestateschool.com today to learn more. How do you stay up to date on current trends and and what's going on in the market? Um, InfoSparks is a major tool that I use. It's free. It's within the MLS. So it backtracks data um, that has sold. As long as the property is in the MLS, you can pull data and see like, you know, what's selling fastest. Is property selling for over 100% of asking price? And this is information that you can share with your consumer, your client, you know, so that they're aware like, hey, if you say you want to live in Plainfield, well, it's a super seller's market. And if you need a four bedroom, two bath, two and a half bath, you know, these are like flying off the shelf and shelf. And I can show you this with data that's going that I have here readily available in my system. 
so that you know, like I'm being honest with you so that we can strategize and write a winning offer for you as well. And then I do, I attend like a lot of training classes. I stay on Main Street seeing what they have going on. Um, just always staying educated and just showing up. I've learned like you have to show up as a realtor, like continuously, continuously learn. I get in-men notifications to my phone every email so that I always know what's going on with the market. Use the tools that's available to you, honestly. So let's clarify for some people because not everybody is in your market, right? So MRED is the people that supply the MLS to Northern Illinois, right? And they have classes, okay? Main Street is the association, your realtor association, correct? All right. So you stay up to speed on what they've got going on. And Inman is an industry, it's not a newspaper anymore, but it's an industry site that you join and they send you what's going on in the market. Those are all what Derenique is talking about in the area that she is in. Now, the tool that you mentioned. InfoSparks. So InfoSparks. Okay. Yep, it's so InfoSparks Info is part of the MLS here in Northern Illinois. Correct. Right? Yep. Okay. So in other MLSs, they may have a similar tool. But essentially, what little bit I know about InfoSparks is it's really just a data service that you can pull data for any area, any property that's been on the MLS. Is that accurate? Correct. And it's a great tool if you know, if you say, hey, I want to be a heavy sellers agent and I want to dominate this market, someone who sends monthly newsletters, you can pull this data and say, hey, this is what's going on compared to this time. And you can give this information to a seller so that they can see and, you know, maybe spark their interest and put a QR code on there and say, hey, if you want to know how much your home is worth, give me a call or, you know, scan this code and have it go to like your cloud CMA so that you have all of, you know, that consumer's information so that you can run them a comparative market analysis and get that over. Yeah, again, it seems like you're using a lot of different technology to be able to move this forward. Correct. Has it been hard to learn this stuff? Nope. Um, it just takes time. Okay. And and almost all of the things you're talking about so far have been free. They're free. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges that new people have getting into this business is they're like, oh, we got to spend a lot of money. And, and, you know, here's the thing is that I would contend, I always have contended that real estate is one of the lowest barrier to entry businesses that an entrepreneur can get themselves into, right? Mm -hmm. Dependent upon the state, you know, it's a couple of thousand dollars to get your own business. Now, back in the day, when I first started, we had newspapers, we had magazines that we had to pay for, we had a lot of other stuff. But today, utilizing social media and a lot of the tools that are given to you as part of your MLS or your association, really make a lot of what we do very, very low cost or free. Yeah, it's just about showing up. Like I have, you know, people like, oh, I want to get in the real estate industry. 
you know, what does that look like for me? You know, I tell them like, hey, go to I Love Real Estate School and then, you know, have this amount of money to get started with your association, but always show up to and learn these tools that's available within, you know, your local, you know, MLS, get, you know, go to your associations and see, you know, if you could take a class because some people, you know, they may not know anything about real estate, but they see, they know that real estate is a business that's never going away and they want to get involved some way so you just have to start somewhere um so that you're you're getting a check (laughs) (laughs) that's important right so so what other methods have you used to get drive leads to yourself besides the socials so what i do is okay how i target sellers is I create what I call a a CMA box. So this is how I target like expires or cancels in the market. Because I I always wanted to buy a dialer, but the problem with me is I'm afraid I'm not going to stay consistent enough to spend that type of money on a dialer. And then I'm saying, oh, I'm not getting the results I'm looking for, but then I know that I'm not putting in the work that goes with that. So I create like a custom CMA box. Um, Within that box, I have like a brochure about myself. I put like a custom CMA targeted to that specific house. Just a little more information about the real estate market in a box. And I drop it off to the homeowner. You have information where you can like scan my QR code and, you know, take directly to my cloud CMA link so that I can get all of your information and give you a call. I've done doorknob, hanger bags, door knocking. So those are- Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to go back to the box for a second. So this is a physical thing. Yeah. That you're dropping off in front of somebody's house. Yep. So like when you come home from work, it's like you you have a package and on the box, it has like my photo and then like a background. And on the side, it says your custom CMA, your custom CMA, your custom CMA. So it looks really just like professional, but it's simple and it's different because everybody's dropping off a CMA to a canceled or expired. But if that homeowner see, oh, she took her time. I have like this special package here for me. Like, let me give her a call. <laughs> And, and and how's that done for you? Oh, it's, it's it's great. Like I have so many listings coming up because of it. People just think you're just putting in a lot of extra time and effort. Well, I I get the boxes printed now, but at first I was like printing like the front of my box and putting like glue on it. It was like a <laughs> like a kit I was making, but then I was able to find I was able to use Canva and create what I was making and send it over to you print. So it, it's some good stuff out here. So I love it. At, at the beginning, you you were doing like a craft project. Right. It was an arts and craft project. So again, fairly inexpensive. Fairly inexpensive. Yep. Okay. Because you put a little elbow grease in there and you figured out how to do it. And that got you enough of a response yep. that you decided to take the next step, create it on Canva, and then order the boxes from, from a company. Yep. But that's fantastic. And and the fact that it works, that it sets you apart from other brokers that are looking to gain that business, yep. cracks me up. I mean, that's awesome. People love it. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I love that. So then you said you've done door hangers with bags. Yep. 
Okay, and what's in the bag? Just your... It was just used to be, that was when I was like fairly new in the business and still trying to like figure this out. So just see me in my, my business card. And, oh, all right. Before yeah. the box. Before the box. Yep. Okay. So the door hanger was before the box. Then you, you evolved to the box. I evolved to the box. All right. <laughs> I'm like, I got to step it up a notch. <laughs> all right. Then you said you do do door knocking as well? Yeah, I'll go knock on your door as well. And yeah. how's that go for you? It's iffy, you know, some people are like, get off my doorstep. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, if you ever want to sell your home, give me a call. <laughs> now, just, do, you, do you do that randomly or do you do it around a plan, like around an uh, open house or a listing that you have? I do do it randomly. You know, if you're t- trying to target like a specific area, then yeah, you can do that as well. But I do do it like when I have like an open house, I'll go out like the day before and knock on the neighbor's doors and say, hey, you know, I'm having, it's going to be increased traffic in your neighborhood tomorrow. I'm having an open house over here at 123 Elm Street. So if you see a lot of cars coming through, then don't be alarmed. I'm a local realtor and we're hosting open houses. And you invite them to come too, right? Yep. And if you know anyone who wants to live in the neighborhood, you know, send them over. That's great. How does that work for you? It works out well. You know, I've had a couple ask me to come back and, you know, can you give me, you know, what my home is worth and what will it look like for me to sell? Yeah, I think I I certainly understand and agree with the door knocking thing, especially around an open house, because people will see that you're taking this extra effort and they go, boy, if she's doing it for that guy, she could do that for me, right? Yeah. That's a great way to go. All right. What other types of ways do you generate leads for yourself? Um, Right now, that's mainly it. My next thing, I'm really going to get into like purchasing me a dialer um, because the numbers look really good. I just have to say that I'm going to commit to call. And that's the part that I'm struggling with. Knowing that I'm going to sit here for a number of hours and just dial, 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 dial. You understand you're not dialing when you buy a dialer, right? It's dialing for you. You're just answering the phone. But do I remember that there was another form of advertising that you did? Oh, I did. I've had billboards as well. Oh, billboards. (laughs) Yep. Oh. I've I've done billboards. I had like... 10 billboards up and down the 290. Now that was just insane. My phone was ringing like nonstop and I got a deal, probably like one of the hardest deals I've ever done in real estate. This deal is teaching me stuff. So I did get a deal off that and those billboards pretty much paid for themselves with this deal. So let's talk about the billboard thing. You know, the reason I ask is because I saw that you were doing this and I was like, now that's a cool thing because I don't see too many real estate brokers doing that. Now, the billboards themselves, when you say they're up and down 294, are they those huge billboards? And it's it's one of those electronic ones where you're up on a, a cycle or something? Yes. So it was a digital billboard. It was really high. So if you're, you know, you're driving down 290 East and getting off exit 12A, you may see me there. <laughs> and with that, it was more so... Because I had heard like, oh, you know, people are not going to call you off a billboard. But that's not true. People will call you. You know, it was more so about just getting my face out there and people knowing who I am. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm not going to get the business, I just want people to know who Derenika Lacey is, you know, and people will call me like, 
oh, I'm going to work and I see you on the 290s. And I'm like, that's Derenika. Like people just want to know who you are. But I've certainly had a lot of people tell me, well, that's just so expensive. No. That's not the case? No, depending on what company you go through, because those billboards, they're like individually owned and like operated. It all depends on who you get on the phone that day. It was not bad at all. It was it was worth every penny, especially the um, the billboards in the suburbs. Now, they're not as big as the ones that go up like in the sky in the city. They call them community boards in the suburbs. But I mean, like if you're an agent who says, I want to work my local community and you see those little digital billboards for like a month, I think they were like a thousand dollars. And the digital billboards, when you're talking about local, you mean, because didn't I see you were on one that was like, welcome. It was like, welcome to whatever town it was. I don't remember the town, but then there was a digital billboard and you, I, I saw a picture of your, your, your ad or you on the billboard. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. So like when you, when you go to like suburbs, like Bolingbrook, Romeoville, a lot of those towns don't have like, you know, those big digital billboards in the sky they have those community digitals like if you were pulling into like a jewel or something and they have those billboards continuously running you'll see those and those are like really inexpensive um you know you can call chicago billboards and they'll give you a price you know like you'll play if you want to be unlimited all day they'll tell you how much it is it's really worth the investment i'm telling you um this guy whose deal i'm about to get ready and close he called me off my billboard, he was literally driving on 290 East. And he said, I'm driving on the 290 East and I saw your billboard and I have a property. I want you to sell. When can you come over? How much more direct can you <laughs> get than that? Exactly. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I can come Thursday at two o'clock. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, so that's a method that has worked for you. Yes, it has. And yet, again, we don't see a lot of real estate brokers taking advantage of that type of advertising. Anything else, any other types of, of advertising that, that or marketing yourself that you would recommend? Um, if you have the pocketbooks, now radio advertisement, that's pretty expensive. But I think like with the number of listeners, because I have gotten like data from like, you know, iHeartRadio and, you know, they'll send you like the demographics, like who's listening. Um, that's another great tool that you may want to jump into, you know, if you have the pocketbooks to do so. Um, so I'm looking into that as well. Okay. So you haven't done that, but you're looking into it. I'm looking into it. Got it. Excellent. So you're, you're into this now for a little over three years, right? And if you could give somebody advice that's just getting into the business, what would be your, your best piece of advice? My best piece of advice, and I know new agents probably would hate this, is would be to learn the business. Do not focus on the check. You learn the business, the money will come. I had a hard time understanding that as a new agent because I'm like, I got two kids. I need the money. Like, I'm not trying to hear that. I need to service somebody. And I need to get a check. Okay. Look, all these classes are cool, but learn the business so that you can be a great resource for your clients. 
And after that, the money will flow. When you get busy, you don't have time to do all of these classes, take two to three hours out your day to learn all of this stuff. When you're a brand new agent, you have nothing but time. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so invest the time early on Yep. so that you can build a business by being that resource to people. Correct. Yeah, I, I think that's that's great advice. Now, doesn't sound like you would have taken that advice early on. No, it was it was very hard for me to accept. I was like, oh my God, why is this so hard? Like, I'm not gonna lie, I was struggling too. Like, I just want to check. And mind you, I was still working. I'm like, this is gonna take forever. But now I look back and I wish I'm like, oh man, I probably should have took this class when I had a whole bunch of time because once you get going oh it's rolling you don't have time to do a lot of things that you can do when you're a brand new agent what would you say in your opinion is the number one skill a real estate broker needs to have a real estate agent needs to have communication you need to be able to communicate with people and I think that's what has helped me a lot because with my professional background in corporate America, just working in payroll as an account manager for ADP, I dealt with like various types of like attitudes and personalities. So you have to meet people where they are with not and not offending them. You know, you just have to be a person that can communicate effectively. And is this a skill that you think a lot of real estate brokers already have, or is it something that people need to learn? I think it's about 50-50. Some of them have it, and then some of them like, oh, you still got to practice. <laughs> <laughs> and have you heard that when the, co- the consumer complains about real estate brokers, their number one complaint, at least it appears to me, is that we don't communicate enough with them. Have you heard that before? Oh, yeah. Or we're not responsive or, you know, they feel like we're too busy and we don't have time for them. So you got to like keep checking in. I do what I call um, follow up Mondays, but I still talk to my clients, even if it's not Monday. But every Monday, what I do is I call, you know, call the lender and say, hey, oh, you know what's going on with their file. Then I'll just randomly call my client like, oh, hey, you know, this is what's going on. This is where we are. You know, if you have any questions during this process, you know, please feel free to reach out. Um, I don't care how big or small or if you think the question is silly, ask it. Even if you want to text it to me, text it to me. Yeah, excellent. So again, in your business, you're very intentional on Mondays to touch your client base. Yep. I mean, they like you said, it could be any time during the week, but you're absolutely reaching out on Mondays. Correct. Yep. And that's because you decided that's what you were going to do for your business. Yep. Follow up Monday. Follow up Monday. I love it. Have you had a lot of people that have dropped you as a real estate broker? No. I have not gotten fired yet. Don't see, don't seem sad about it. I'm not sad, but no, I've never <laughs> been fired. <laughs> well, c- good. Congratulations. Thank and, you. And it's stuff like this, follow-up Monday, that probably keeps you in front of them 
and they know you're working and they know based on following you and your socials that, you know, not only are you busy, but you're out there looking out for them. Yes. I mean, I think that's the thing that has come through very much for me during this conversation, Derenika, is that your clients know they got you on it. Yep, they do. Like, oh my God, I think I'm like too on it though. Like I I truly tell people like I got your back. Like I am going to go to bat for you. I'm going to advocate for you. I'm going to be there for you. Like, like I tell people right now, I just met you and you just met me. But by the end of this transaction, we're going to be family. Okay. I might become your sister, your niece, your cousin, you're going to adopt me into your family because whatever happens, I'm going to be there for you and you're going to appreciate it. So (laughs) that leads me to something you and I talked about last week. So when, when you have a successful transaction, well, and I don't, I'm not sure. I think it's for your buyers, but it may be for your sellers, but for your buyers, you do it with both. All right. So tell everybody what you do. So once we close, I cook my buyers a meal of their choice. I don't care what it is I'm cooking. Some days I have to get up extremely early again to cook those meals, but I cook, I've had like steak dinners. People ask for taco bars. One buyer, she just asked for a brunch for her and her girlfriends. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Cause I got all the stuff for like a brunch. Like I love to cook. So to be able to incorporate incorporate that into my real estate business just has been like a tremendous big deal for me and people really really appreciate that um I remember having a family and the wife's mom was having surgery the next day and they closed the day before the surgery so she was like you know we just got to get going and just hearing that you know like oh she's going to be busy when is she going to feed these kids and I created like a taco bar so we had like we had steak tacos, chicken tacos, you know, ground beef. I do the shells, all the trimmings, you know, bring them something to drink. So that's just a load off of them and that they can continue on with their day. And they love it because they've spent so much money purchasing their home. And then, you know, they got these kids like, okay, now we're hungry. So just to have like food there already, it's just like, I don't have to worry about that. That's fantastic. So you pretty much do it the day that they close? Yeah, they they get dinner after closing. I have the meal already in my car. Wow. Yep. I didn't know that. I just knew that you said you 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 made them dinner. I didn't know that you did that. Oh yeah, the day the day they close after closing, we go back to the property. I give them their meal and you know, whether they choose to eat it there or take it to their own home, it's completely up to them. That's great. Again, very unique. Yep. Ernika, very it. unique. And it certainly cements you in their mind as their realtor for life, right? Yes. I mean, who's doing that? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. So that's a great, great idea. And since you're executing that idea, um, again, you're getting more referral. Do you get a lot of referrals? Yes, I do. It's like, I'm pretty much turning it into like a referral-based business, but people love it though. Can you imagine if someone just took 
that one load off of you after you've purchased your home. And, you know, sometimes the transaction probably could have gotten stressful for you or, you know, it's a lot going on. It's a lot of moving pieces immediately after this. And you're like, oh man, I'm hungry. And you're like, I really don't have the time. That meal just comes in handy. Like, oh, she cooked for us. Thanks. (laughs) Well, and you know, there's a stat out there that says that if you ask a typical buyer the name of their real estate broker six months after the transaction, it's something like 60% of them can't tell you the name of their real estate broker. I'm going to bet that six months after you closed with somebody, those people know your name. Mm-hmm. They And do. they probably remember what you made them for their dinner. Yep. They love I, it. Yeah, that that's such a fantastic opportunity and very kind of you. And it's something that people don't forget. You know, people I often see on the various Facebook boards, hey, what could I get for a gift for my buyer? Should I get them? And I'm not knocking anything that anybody gives anybody, a knife set, or should I give them this and give them that? I mean, there's a lot of great options out there. But obviously, you using your your love for cooking in a way that that helps these people really creates a stronger bond yep. with them. Pretty right? Much. It's like the icing on the cake. Like, we went through this process, we did bake this cake, and now I'm going to soothe everything over with a nice meal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love that. That's fantastic. All right. Well, I I post this on social media. People will be like, I just want to buy a house to get the meal. (laughs) (laughs) So everything works. You be you use what you have and just incorporate it somehow into real estate. Yep. 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 Absolutely. All right. Well, before we finish up, is there any last minute advice, any last minute things you wish you would have known, anything that you want to kind of tell our audience about being in the business and being successful? Stay, just stay open-minded, stay coachable, stay knowledgeable, remain a forever student, show up. um, And you can do this. I used to feel that I couldn't achieve so much, but I was seeing it being done by other ages. And I was like, man, how are they doing it? And just put your head down, focus and do what you have to do. Remain consistent. And everything that you're looking for from the business is going to come back to you. Yeah. I, I would say that that's an excellent thought. And I agree with you. You know, when people stop chasing the money, yep, like you said earlier, it will flow. If you just do the deals, the money will flow. If you just help enough people, the money will flow. And when it starts to, and when you, like you say, when you get busy and all of a sudden you're, you're moving faster and you're moving faster, you're going to be amazed at what your life is. Yep. I would have never thought when I sat in arts class that I would have been able to take money from real estate and purchase another business. I was just like, wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing what you can do when you focus on this. And just speaking of the other business, did I see a post the other day that you're going to be running 
some sort of a seminar about what is it? Oh, it's a mo- how, like how to get in the mobile entertainment industry. So it's a group of like if you wanted to own a food truck, if you ever own it, wanted to own a game truck, a cigar truck, just different people who own these various types of mobile vi- businesses coming in and you know explaining without you know you trying to do this on your own and Google and telling you you know how to do it and where to go get your your trailer built out at. I would rather much so have had someone say, hey, Derenika, for that first trailer you bought, you don't have to spend 60000 It's a lot of people out there who want to get out of the business that's selling that same trailer for thirty-five. <laughs> Got it. This is a seminar that you're putting on or you're, you're, you're organizing or part of, right? And so would it be safe to say that Derenika Lacey is an entrepreneur? Oh, yes, heavily. <laughs> and heavily. so your businesses are real estate and then the, yeah. the gaming bus. Yep. And, you know, I'm looking at you. I know you've got two kids. They're under five, the two of them. No, I have a three-year-old and a 12-year-old. All right. So you've got a little bit of a range there. But I imagine that three-year-old keeps you busy. Yes, he does. Okay. So if you can do it, couldn't other people do this? Yes, for sure. And you can still have a life and, you know, show up for the people in your life that matters the most. You can. So you've got a pretty good work-life balance. Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time, yep. What I had to get over the most, especially just being a mom, when you're an entrepreneur, spending time with your kids looks different. Like I have that big age gap. So like my oldest son, he likes to go out and you know, he likes to shop. So like, you know, I'll spend one-on-one time with him, you know, we'll go to the mall. I'll, you know, help him go with him to meet with some of his friends. And, you know, I'm there as well, just being present or, you know, like if I'm having a busy day, but I like, I'm hungry. My youngest son, he loves pizza. So like, what we'll do is we'll go to home run in and, you know, get the pizza to go and like have a car date and we're eating pizza in a car and we're talking. So I've just had to learn. So like, you're not feeling so bad that just because you're not like in a home setting 24 seven, that spending time with your kids looks different. Creating memories is different when you're an entrepreneur. Yep. I, I think that that's very true. And, and obviously you're good at it. Yep. So I, I'd like to thank you for, for spending your time with me today. Again, time away from your family, time away from your business. And by the way, if anybody wants to reach out and, and contact Derenika, her information is going to be in the, in the show notes. And I might even put a little link in there to her seminar. If anybody's got an interest of, uh, of, of those truck things, you know, that the, we'll put that in there as well. Because what I see in you, Derenika, is somebody who set her mind to this business and has really consistently made a success of yourself in this business. So I want to congratulate you and, and let you know that I'm extremely proud of you, of one of my specific students in the past, and I'm just so awed by the way that you do this business. So congratulations and, and keep doing that, sister, man. This is great. I, I'm so thrilled for you. Thank you, Art. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this, and I hope it helps someone. Because trust me, I was once that new student that just did not understand how is someone doing 
10 million in value or how is someone doing all this stuff and then you're gonna start doing it stay consistent i'm telling you i believe you sister <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you you're singing you're singing to the choir so uh thank you so much we appreciate all of your your insights today Darenika. thank you art thank you for having me i appreciate you my pleasure i appreciate you thanks again to our sponsor i love real estate school Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Roundtable podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from our amazing guests and you picked up some valuable tips and insights that you can use in your own real estate business. If you liked what you heard today, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Your support means the world to us and helps us bring you more great content in the future. And if you're an agent who's interested in coaching, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me directly through my website, myrealestatesalesmanager.com or connect with me on social media. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you the next time in the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast.